0: Take RFM Dunedin with you wherever you go with podcasts and live streaming of primo local content. Download the Access Internet Radio app for free from Google Play and the Apple App Store. This program was first broadcast on RFM Dunedin and made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air. You're tuned in to The Source on Otago Access Radio. During the 10-week series, we will be exploring what processes go into making the city run and what you need to know to be an active citizen. Each week, we will be covering different aspects of civic education, from the departments and council to how to get your voice heard in local government. Tune in to Otago Access Radio on Friday nights at 5pm. This series will also be replayed on 12pm Sundays and on 6 Monday evenings. Podcasts are also available from www.oar.org.nz. The Source is brought to you by the Dunedin Youth Council. Hello, my name is Tina and I go to Kevin College and I will be your host for this podcast. The Source is a short series funded by the Dunedin Youth Council designed to better inform young people about the Dunedin City Council and civic processes. This information is brought to you by the members of the Dunedin Youth Council with hopes of informing and engaging youth about civic education. We will be airing 10 episodes that each focus on different parts of civic education. Tune in to 105.4 FM every Friday for a new episode. If you missed this, this will be played at 12.30 on Saturdays and every Monday at 6pm. I'm Jess
1: Ryan and I'm from Tyree College. Just a quick introduction into who the Dunedin Youth Council are. The DYC was formed in 2016 and is made up of representatives from every Dunedin high school as well as one representative from the home, homeschooling sector. The Dunedin Youth Council's motto is Be heard, be brave. The bridge between youth and Dunedin City. Our purpose statement is BRAVE, which stands for bridge, representation, advocacy, voice and educate. This episode is going to focus on what councillors do. It has become apparent to the DYC that what a councillor actually does is not well known among youth and many adults for that matter. Among the youth of today are the future members of councils, so it is important that they have a good understanding of what being a councillor involves. Councilors have an incredibly important job within our society today. To start off in this episode, we will outline the basics of being a councillor. This will then be followed by a series of questions and answers about what councillors do in their day-to-day lives, from a couple of current Dunedin City councillors. How council meetings work is another key part of a councillor's role. So we will cover that in this episode, along with the structure of council meetings.
0: The basics of being a councillor. Councillors are each elected for a three-year term. The council is made up of the mayor and fourteen councillors who represent the citizens of Dunedin. For the three-year term, the councillors need to juggle work, the community's demands, their own priorities, the policies of their political team, if needed, and the challenges facing their council. The role of a councillor can, at times, be very demanding. They have to balance a number of competing interests and wear a number of hats. As councillors can be required to act simultaneously as community leaders, representatives and community board members. Being a councillor is a very public role. Whenever councillors appear in public, even though it may not be an official capacity, they are usually regarded as a councillor and judged accordingly. It is not just a 9-to-5 job. There is no specific job description for councillors. However, as representatives and leaders of their communities, their role involves setting policies, making decisions and reviewing council performance. The role and responsibilities of a council form into two main categories, being a member of the governing body of the council and being elected representative of the community. Elected members are expected to be accessible to all members of their communities and should expect to spend a lot of time meeting with local organisations, such as neighbourhood associations and business organisations. Elected members are responsible for making decisions on matters such as the services the Council will provide, the standard they are provided to, and how they will be paid for and what the bylaws need to be made. They are also required to represent the interests of residents and ratepayers, provide leadership and guidance to the community, facilitate communication between the council and community, and promote overall interests of the council to external stakeholders. An elected member may be concerned with a wide range of issues, such as the right level of investment in community infrastructure, the provision of community services, initiatives to enhance their community safety and decisions to protect important aspects of the environment. They often speak on behalf of individuals and organisations in the community. Councilors must be aware that they won't be able to please all the people all of the time. This is because they often make decisions and take into account the wider contexts such as the needs of the future generations which do not always please everyone in the community. It is important that councillors take steps to identify and understand the needs and aspirations of people in their community and explain to them the reasons for the decisions being made by the council. It is also important councils represent the communities and operate effectively and efficiently. Local Government New Zealand believes that local democracy is about having the right mix of people elected locally to best represent each community, ensuring services are provided to the community in the best way possible, and taking a collective approach to meeting community needs and creating a sense of local identity and place. Democracy only works when citizens are prepared to stand up and contribute to the public good and to be effective. Elective members need to reflect the diversity in our communities. We often allocate councillors with the roads, rates and rubbish, but councils do so much more. They play a vital role in enabling local communities to grow and develop. Councils plan for the future of the communities. They determine what developments and activities are permissible and regulate activities such as subdivisions, house developments, business activities and animal and environmental protection. Councillors therefore must take into account these things in order for councils to fulfil their duties. Elective members are expected to show leadership in order for their communities to be successful and to thrive. Local government legislation encourages councils to focus on outcomes and councils are encouraged to exercise leadership and work with other agencies in order to achieve their outcomes. Being an efficient leader requires effective communication skills and and an ability to work as a team. This means sharing your vision with your fellow elected members in order to gain their support. Successful government requires a team so the effectiveness of the councils and councillors depends on their ability to take others with them. An important leadership task is preparation and adoption of the council's long-term plan every three years. This plan sets out for other councils' vision and steps into its plans over the next 10 years and how they are willing to achieve it. In preparing the plan, elected members of the council face making trade-offs between meeting today's needs and those for future generations. Generally, elected members hold particular views on certain issues and often campaigning them. It is these views that are endorsed by the community at a- election time. However, after the election, elected members are required to recognise and consider the views of all the residents and ratepayers in the council. Local board or community board, area where they are making decisions. In making decisions, they must have an open mind and with no bias. Successful elective members balance the mandate provided by their electors with the need to make decisions on behalf of their whole community and future generations. Elective members receive salaries that vary depending on the size of each council. The remuneration authority determines remuneration levels for elected members. Some expenses such as mileage are also paid. These are the basic things that are associated with being a councillor. This has been a pretty in-depth but important that you must have a firmer understanding of the basics of being a counsellor, so that the rest of the topics in this episode will make sense. The
1: day-to-day life of a counsellor. We will now be reading to you answers that we have got from Jintia McTavish and Mike Lord. Life as an elected member is largely dictated by the frequency of and preparation for meetings. At times, the sheer volume of business papers may seem daunting to councillors. Although the time required attending meetings may only occupy a few hours, elected members spend much more time preparing for those meetings. In addition, there are always informal duties such as interviewing constituents, talking to the media, attending functions and speaking engagements, as well as managing the rest of their lives. It is essential that people in the community have an opportunity to contribute their views and ideas to council discussions. Elected members are expected to be accessible and will spend a lot of their time meeting with the community representatives. Even more time will be spent reading and responding to correspondence from local citizens and groups. Some of the work may impact on an elected member's personal or family life, such as phone calls at odd hours and meetings after hours. The time commitments vary markedly depending on the position that they are elected to, Many mayors find that the commitments is a full-time one. Most councils have monthly meeting cycles, but elected members are usually placed on council committees. The amount of time per week that an elected member spends on council duties will depend on the number of responsibilities that they have in their role and the size of the council. We asked Jinty McTavish if she would come in for interview. But unfortunately, things are hectic at the council at the moment, so instead she wrote to us an overview of her day-to-day life and what being a councillor involves. We will read this to you now.
0: I will start with our baseline responsibilities. Once every six weeks on a Monday afternoon, we have a full council meeting. The following two Mondays and Tuesday afternoons, we have our committee meetings. That's finance and strategy, economic development, community and environment planning and regulatory and infrastructure services. Usually these meetings last most of the afternoon. The papers for these meetings come out in advance of the meetings, usually about halfway through the preceding week. These usually take a full afternoon to work through and relevant questions and so on. As well as these meetings and councillors, usually have a range of other responsibilities. Council has several subcommittees and advisory groups and working parties, which also meeting on a six-weekly cycle, although sometimes less frequently. A couple of examples of these grants subcommittees, the Sustainable Audit Subcommittee, the Audit and Risk Subcommittee, the amount of work that is involved in each of these does vary significantly. For the grant subcommittee there is an enormous amount of reading about 3 whole ring binders of applications and meetings taking most of the day. Subcommittees, working parties and advisory groups are all the places that lots of the detailed work gets done. So decisions and preparations for those meetings can be quite lengthy. Some councillors will sit on a number of these. Some councillors are also appointed to represent the council on external trusts and committees. For example, I sit on a digital community trust with one other councillors and a range of other community partners. We meet once every two weeks to discuss and progress the council's digital strategy. Some councillors will sit on a number of these external agencies and often they meet at night. So, quite often, as a councillor, you have evening meetings. As well as the meetings themselves, there is a lot of other work. I am a committee chair, which means I am the first point of contact for both staff and the community on a range of matters relating to the parks and reserve community facilities, arts and culture and sporting, biodiversity and environmental protection a lot of other policy issues, community development and social support, community grants, etc. This means I get a lot of correspondent that I need to respond to. I spend a lot of my time emailing, meeting with constituents who wish to discuss a concern or an idea for a project. and meeting with staff who are working on these matters would like guidance in their engagement with councillors. As well as this work, there are regular requests for councillors to attend community events. Open days, evenings, formal openings, gatherings of businesses etc. Sometimes this will be very low-key and other times you may need to prepare a speech or participate in some formal elements of the occasion. During my time on council I've also been involved in some national and international organisations seeking to promote sustainability in local government circles. This means I have to schedule in time to participate in working groups, conferences, meetings and the associated meetings etc around the work. In addition it is quite usual for you to be asked to deliver one long lecture or address to a group once a week. This might be at uni, last week I gave one to a politics class, a community group the week before that I was on a U3A dinner or a school I recently talked at Balmac Intermediate. Mike Lord is also a current councillor for the Dunedin City Council and even though he couldn't make it in for an interview today, he also answered some questions that we had for him. What does your daily routine look like and how much of that has resulted from you being a councillor for the Dunedin City Council? On a daily basis, my role is determined by the meetings
1: or appointments that I or the council have scheduled into my diary. This can vary greatly on any given day. I usually rise about six and have a coffee and catch up on emails and overnight news from the paper and off the web. I leave home about 8.15 and drop my son off to school before heading to the office or out to do whatever I have planned for the day. This can involve meetings with ratepayers who have problems or people who I feel it is good to meet with, or people who want to meet with me. Often at council, We can have a range of meetings to plan for for, or inform us about certain issues. It is good to keep informed about what is going on around the city. And I do have a circle of friends who keep me well informed. One of my habits is to travel different ways on different days. So if I drop my son off at school at 8.45, but don't have a meeting until, say, 10.30, I will travel around looking at the things that are going on in the city, like the cycleway development or the condition of the roads and footpaths. While it is not my role to get involved in the management of these projects, it is good to know what is happening in the city.
0: What other roles do you have within the council?
1: As a first-term councillor, I have a lesser role than the senior councillors. I am the Deputy Chair of the Infrastructure Committee, which is responsible for all our above and below-ground infrastructure, such as the three waters infrastructure, wastewater, stormwater, drinking water, and roads and footpaths, plus all our parks and gardens. I am a trustee of the council-owned farm, which involves monthly meetings and doing the work streams that come out of those meetings. This may mean physically being available in my work clothes and helping to install a gate or remove a fence, or be a marshal on an open day. I am also on the Dunedin Public Art Gallery Committee and the Keep the Dunedin Beautiful Committee. This role has just seen me out speaking at an opening and tree planting ceremony on the cycleway to St Leonard's. I also make myself available to any member of the public who wishes to see me on any issue. Do you work at the council full time or do you just come into the council for meetings? I have been a full time councillor since I was elected in October 2013 and and am available seven days a week. I have been rung by ratepayers as early as 5.45am and as late as 10.45pm and spend most days working on council business if I don't have meetings scheduled. I may work from home as travelling 40 kilometres into the city just to sit in front of a computer seems inefficient. I appear to be fair game in the supermarket, or the mall, or at the stadium, or at any public place to hear people's views on everything we do, either right or wrong.
0: So, what encouraged you or motivated you to become a counsellor? I came to
1: Dunedin as a young single man in 1988. I married and had a family and we worked as a team and went farming. In 2009, I employed a very capable shear milker on my farm to run the day-to-day farming operations. This freed up my time and gave me the opportunity to pursue my interest in local politics. I served as the president of the Federated Farmers in Otago for three years and after that was asked to stand for the council by a group of the current councillors. I had always had an interest in local government and wanted to put something back into the city of Dunedin which had been a good city for me. How do you make sure that you are representing the citizens of Dunedin fairly and accurately? In a democratic process, the council is a group of people elected by their peers. So whichever way I vote, some will agree and some will disagree. And some probably won't care at all. This will be the same for every councillor. No one councillor has monopoly on all the good ideas. When I vote, I consider the people I re- represent and ask myself, Is this in the best interest of the community? Will current and future generations benefit from this decision? With decisions like fluoridation of water, an area where I don't have experience, I defer to the
0: scientific opinion. What do you think your greatest contribution has been since you have become a councillor? Or what are you most proud of? As a council
1: elected in 2013, we came in at a time when the council had a very high debt. We needed to be prudent and encourage the staff to look for efficiencies right across the organisation. This has led to some good management and significant gains have been made. Debt has fallen and this whole city has benefited because of this. I believe I offer a common sense approach and will continue to do so.
0: Is there any other one thing that you would really like to achieve during your time as a councillor? I have a real desire
1: to see Dunedin become a city where people want to live, work and play. I would like to see a focus on economic development and growth occurring in the city. I have also been a supporter of the new aquatic centre in Mosgiel and would love to see this project come to fruition.
0: What are you personally doing for the youth in the community through your role in the council or as a member of the community? Today's youth are tomorrow's ratepayers,
1: so everything that is good for the ratepayer will eventually benefit youth. If we will grow the city's jobs market and reduce city debt, Over the coming years, this will be great for the youth of the city. A new aquatic centre in Mosgill will benefit the youth of Dunedin in two ways. With easier access for the Tairi youth and more space at Moana Pool, which will be good for Dunedin youth. On a personal level, I have been involved in youth and children's work on the Tairi since my arrival in Dunedin in 1988.
0: How do council meetings work? Not many people are aware of the structure of a council meeting, as well as how they actually work. So today, we are going to outline the basics of this. To start off with, it would be logical to outline the different roles within the council. There are a number of clearly defined roles within councils, such as the Dunedin City Council Mayor, Deputy Mayor, Committee and Subcommittee Members, committee chairpersons, councillor board chairpersons, local board meeting members, community board chairpersons and community board members. The Mayor's role within the council meeting is crucial One of the most challenging aspects of being the Mayor is ensuring the orderly conduct of business during the Council meetings. By keeping order and providing sound leadership, elected members help ensure the Council's decision-making processes work at its best. The Mayor is often the spokesperson for the Council as well. In addition to these roles, the Mayor also fulfils the responsibilities of a justice of peace while holding office. Councillors have the Chief Executive and other staff to provide advice to implement any decisions that they make. Most decisions are made in formally constituted meetings or made under delegation by staff. The council has discretion to appoint any standing committee, special committee or subcommittee it considers appropriate. Standing committees or permanent committees are responsible for much of the work that the council does. They are responsible for a council's regulatory services, planning, recreation and safety, as well as promoting economic development, although some councils now operate without committees. The process and formalities of a council meeting is as follows. The Mayor officially opens the meetings, and then there is a public forum where members of the public are invited to present things to the council. After this is apologies read out by the Mayor. A confirmation of the agenda is in the next process. Proceeding from the reports giving of the meeting, each report is separately addressed. The person who posed this report gives a summary of the report, then opens the floor to any questions about it. The Council must then address the recommendations of each report, in which the motion must be carried out by a Council member. The second by another council member. The council member which has carried this recommendation is given the floor to address their view and opinion of this. The other councillors are each able to speak then once to this recommendation. With this councillor who has carried the recommendation giving the other chance to speak to this recommendation once more. Once this has occurred the Mayor then states all in favour of motion being carried say aye and all those against, which is a chance for each councillor has to have a final say on the recommendations of the report. If all councillors are in favour of the motion being carried, then it will be carried and they will move on to the next report. At the conclusion of all these reports, the meeting will then be closed by the Mayor. There has been a lot covered in the first episode of The Source. Firstly, we outlined the basics of being a counsellor. This included things from how long a counsellor's term is to the types of things that counsellors are required to do. We then told you the responses that Ginty McTavish and Might Lord had to questions that we asked them which hopefully has given you a better idea for what it's like for a councillor's day-to-day life. From this, you should have gained an insight, not only to the things that councillors do, but what these current counsellors are like and how they are willing to engage in the community and things that are happening, with, happening within it. As there are so few counsellors on a council, every counsellor has a large impact on the effectiveness of the council and by having a councillor who is not fulfilling what they are required to do will result in serious consequences for the council as a whole. The next focus of the episode was on the structures of a council meeting and what occurs during them. Many people will be unsure of the formalities of the council meetings And hopefully what we covered in this episode has given you a better understanding of this. We are aware
1: that many of you will have questions that have arisen from this episode of The Source. So if you're looking for the answers to these, www.donedin.govt.nz is a good place to look. www.localcouncils.co.nz is another good source of information for any inquiries that you may have around this topic. A lot of the information that we have used in today's episode was sourced from a report found on the local council's website called Making a Stand Made Easy A Candidate's Guide to Local
0: Government by Lawrence Yule If you're wanting to get in contact with the Dunedin Youth Council what you should, like us on Facebook. The next episode is focused on what do ratepayers really pay for? That's what you pay for. So tune in at 5pm next Friday for the first airing of this. You have been listening to The Source on Otago Access Radio. Tune in every Friday at 5pm for the next topic of discussion. This series will also be replayed at 12pm Sundays and 6pm on Monday evenings. The Source will also be podcast from www.oir.org.nz. Thank you to the Dunedin Youth Council for making this series possible. Take RFM Dunedin with you wherever you go with podcasts and live streaming of primo local content. Download the Access Internet Radio app for free from Google Play and the Apple App Store. This program was first broadcast on RFM Dunedin and made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air.